Out of the book is called What a Heaven Could Feel Like. My website is mdweekly.us. Uh, my website is also linked, or, you know, is also like in the bio of all my socials, um, like social media accounts. Um, on Twitter, you can follow me at Hip Candelori, H I P C A N D E L O R I. So, uh, yeah. do you edit? Thanks for, thanks for thinking of me, by the way. That's, that was really cool. I've been listening to your podcast like a lot lately. Ooh. So, oh, well, thank you. Do you, yeah. do you edit Swamp? Yes, I do. You run it? Did you find, like, found it, whatever? No, I didn't. No. So it was uh, founded by um, this person named Ashley that lives in California. And she actually originally started it as more of, like, a visual art thing. Um, really? Like, if, yeah, if you, like, go on Swamp and go to, like, the first few months of it, it's, like, it's, like, Actually, I want to say maybe the very first month of it, there's probably like no writing on it at all. Really? Just like images? Images and like a mix of like music and video. Okay. Yeah. Did she um, then like reach out to you and ask you to like help edit? No, I I had submitted. So I found out about it because of like mutuals basically. Mm-hmm. So I used to live in California in like Southern California and basically like all my, like all my close friends that I, that I skated with a lot are like all her roommates. So she's like roommates with a bunch of dudes that I used to skate with all the time. And some of them are like artists in you know, in various like forms and mediums. But, um, yeah, basically they were posting about it and I was like, and I checked it out and was like, well, this is cool. And then I submitted some writing to it and yeah and got accepted and then yeah basically after i knew that she was running it by herself and i basically just hit her up and was like hey if you ever like want any help with this or anything like that i'd be super down to help out with it i really like you know what you're doing like i think swamp is really cool and so yeah she basically was like yeah i'd love someone to help at the time she was like working a bunch of different jobs and was like kind of really busy. And so she was like, Oh yeah, I think she was like, help would be really nice, you know, since she was doing it all by herself. And then basically once I started helping, it kind of just like turned into, it still technically is all mediums. And we actually want to try to figure out a way to like get more visual art. So um, like submitted again, but it kind of just sort of like turned into like literary stuff once I started helping with it. So it took off because of you. <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, I definitely like started sharing about it and more writing stuff came in. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, in regard, yeah, maybe, but I think that it mostly took off because of like who was submitting to it mm-hmm. and like, and then also I think something about something about how like plain it is, I think people like that. Like because yeah. I think sometimes I don't know, because you know, like this whole world of like kind of online writing, you always have that kind of weird, like all of it exists together, but you have those people that are like, um, you know, like who cares about your big lengthy bio and like everywhere you've been. But then you have the other side of it where like there's a whole nother side of it where everyone thinks like 
that's the most important thing that matters is like mm-hmm. saying what you've done and so and so, you know, and also too, I think that there's like <clears throat> this weird place where like both exist, where like there are a lot of people that like want to submit to like journals and like mm-hmm. college run, you know, like college run journals and things like that. But then there are people that like could care less about that and they just want to submit to like places like back patio or like stuff like that, you know, where it's, yeah. but they both kind of exist in the same world. So it's weird, you know? And I think something about how plain swamp is, I think people were just like, this is cool. Cause it's just like so plain. And like, there's, it's just like, Hey, here's some writing. Have you ever uh, sent in like a skate video along with your writing? Have you ever combined the two? <laughs> no, I haven't. Uh-huh. Um, Cause you could combine it with like your haikus and like pictures of you doing like kick flips. Those are kind of like yeah. similar. Yeah, that'd be funny. I actually did an interview like <clears throat> the other day with this writer Andrew Weatherhead. Oh yeah, and, he interviewed you. That's cool. He's like, no, I interviewed cool, him. Huh? Oh, you interviewed him. Sweet. Yeah. So he has a book coming out, and I interviewed him for, I mean, not for, but like kind of about his new book. Mm-hmm. And we talked a lot about like skating and stuff because he's also into skating. And um, it was it was just funny. Like your question made me think of that because we were talking about how, like, both being skaters and like thinking about skate videos and the way like skate videos are, how it kind of, in a weird way, like informs our like creative process. Really, he was talking about how it informs his a little bit, uh-huh. and I had never really thought about it that way. But then once I heard him talk about it that way, I was like kind of thinking, and I was like, you know. I kind of feel like maybe, like maybe the same, but again, I could have just been agreeing with him because he was saying it, but I was like thinking about it and I was like, no, that makes sense. Like I get what you're saying. And I could kind of see that too, like for myself, but I haven't, I had never really thought about it much that way before. Where's this interview going to show up? Uh, we actually don't really know yet. Um, he is publishing his book through publishing genius. Mm-hmm. And I guess publishing genius as like a press has like a publicist. So it's not like a publicist that's like for a specific like author, like author or writer, but I, there's like a publicist for PubGen. And I guess, and I guess they're going to like try to, you know, put it somewhere or like place okay. it somewhere. But I still, <laughs> I still have to transcribe all of it. And I interviewed him for a really long time. <laughs> so wait, so when you interview people, you like record it and then you transcribe it? That's the way I prefer to do it. Yeah. Um, I've interviewed, I've interviewed people for probably like 10 plus years now wow. for, for like, um, always interviewed bands and mm-hmm. like people for like music, like basically since a, since I was a teenager, I would interview bands and make like zines, like, mm-hmm. like fan, like fanzines, like hardcore punk fanzines. So, and I, and as I did it, when I started, I just did it back and forth through email. Mm-hmm. And as I started to do it more and more, I realized that like, if you could have a conversation with someone, even though the process is like a little, little more tedious, like if you can have a conversation with someone, usually it just makes the interview way more like intriguing and like conversational yeah. and you can like riff off each other instead of like having just like set, like, yeah, you know, exactly. these are the questions I want you to answer kind of thing. It seems more robotic it, that way. Yeah, I agree. And I just think like interviews are better whenever it's just like two people talking. 
yeah it's way it's way more interesting to just have like someone that like is like a keen listener and like can listen to what the other person's saying and like come up with a question like you know i think you're really good at that oh well thank you i think i'm terrible at that so okay (laughs) you've been doing this for you've been interviewing people for 10 years when do you switch from like maybe like focused on bands and focused on skating to more writing communities maybe yeah so i actually didn't originally get into i didn't like segue at all into writing because of interviewing um Mm -hmm. the interview with like andrew the other day was like the first interview i've done in a really long time um well actually like a year ago i also did interview this other author about his debut novel but it never like me and my friend were going to put it in like a like basically like a magazine or like a zine we were going to make but then we i it's probably mostly my fault i just got really busy i had a i had a child like i had my first child and life just got really busy so it kind of like that shit yeah so it just kind of fell to the wayside that project um but yeah i mean i just i haven't really interviewed people in a while except for those those couple but um i just got into writing so i just basically yeah like in the last couple years um really not yeah almost up to almost at two years now actually probably a good two years now i've probably been writing for a solid two years now so i just started writing like two years ago when you take it you like you decided to take it like serious and like submit places and shit no i didn't i didn't start submitting until the beginning of this year Mm -hmm. um but i just started writing i started writing when um my wife got pregnant with like our daughter Mm -hmm. i don't know something about that something about that like life change like well again before we even had her so it was when my wife was pregnant that's why i say two years because my my daughter's not two years old yet but yeah, whenever my wife was pregnant, I just started writing. I don't know. It was just like Was there was there interest before that? A little bit. Not super heavy into writing, but I've always I've like the for the past few years, well, for a really long time I've always been a big reader, mm-hmm. but I've kind of gone in and out of it, like especially whenever I was like say skating more or something, like doing more like you know, like physical activity stuff. I read less, but then when I wasn't skating so much, I would read more kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it really, it really got, I really got into it because of reading. Do you read a lot of Joe Brainerd and like he inspired you? Um, I just recently got put onto Joe Brainerd actually. I'm like really, I'm learning about new people and new authors and stuff all the time. I do yeah, not have like, I don't have like a really like, Oh, I've known about this person forever kind of, uh, yeah, it's, I, you know what, I feel like the thing I could really attribute getting me into writing and getting me into like this whole, uh, I don't know, you know, this whole community and this whole kind of like Twitter, like small press world Yeah, is, uh, so I'm trying to think of even what originally made me get this book and I can't really say what I, maybe I just saw it and it looked interesting or something, but like maybe five years ago, 
Yeah, I'd say probably about five years ago, I bought and read that book Trip by Tao Lin. Oh, yeah. It's his nonfiction book. It's the one about DMT. Oh, I have not read that. I stayed away from that one. Okay, so that's the that was the first book I ever read by him. When I bought it, I had no idea who he was. I've, so I've, why'd you what what interested you in it? Just like the look of it? I don't know. It was either the look of it or maybe the fact that I knew it was like about DMT and I was mm-hmm. like very interested in I was very interested in like psychedelic drugs. Yeah. At the time. Mm-hmm. Um which I've never done, by the way. I've never done any like drugs like that, but I've always been very interested by them and yeah. like, like to read stuff about them. I'd like to think one day maybe I would feel like I could do something like that, but I just I don't feel I don't feel mentally capable of doing something like that at the moment. One day. <laughs> yeah, maybe one day. But yeah, I don't know what made me buy it, but I bought that book and then yeah, I guess essentially that book made me like aware of Tao Lin. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, obviously I looked into like, oh, this dude has so many other books and actually his other books are not nonfiction. They're like novels and poetry books and all this stuff. And so I like kind of, I guess, like got into Tao Lin and was reading him some. And then that led me into becoming familiar with Moo Moo House. Mm-hmm. And, and like that was like the first, I mean, besides like, I guess, big. Also was getting, I don't know, this isn't related to that though, but that was like the first place I was ever like reading stuff online, I guess. Like I didn't know that that was a thing that like yeah. stuff got published online. And even at the time, actually, I didn't read Moo Moo House, like Moo Moo House a ton, but I like knew about it. And then basically at that time, like a few months before my daughter was born, he published the Zach Smith book. Mm-hmm. And I like... I don't remember if I pre-ordered it or just like instantly bought it, but, um, but yeah, I got the Zach Smith book and that was like pretty much like right when my daughter was being born. Wow. And, um, through the pregnancy and like when my daughter was born, I was just kind of going through a rough time. Cause we just had a lot of like, comp- like we had a lot of like complications going on. Yeah, I was just like, like the really, birth. Yeah, just with my daughter and like Ooh. birth and everything, and I was just like really like anxious and like scared all the time, and like you know, I'd say I don't know, just struggling, like mentally mm-hmm. struggling, and um, yeah, something about that Zach Smith book was just like so. I don't know. It was like so fucking funny to me. And like, there was like this one specific story in it where me and my wife would like, we had this like challenge basically. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I like, it was kind of mostly me like doing it with her, but she like kind of just, you know, entertained my like kind of stupidness and, and did it with me too. But I I had this challenge where I would try to read her this one certain story out of there without laughing Mm -hmm. and I couldn't do it. And like, I couldn't do it for like weeks. Like it took me like weeks and weeks of reading this one story, like mm-hmm. so many times to where I like could feel like somewhat like kind of numb to like how funny it was to me, I guess. But yeah, I say all that to say that like I got that Zach Smith book and then 
you know, then, yeah, like I think I, re- I had a Twitter, but I didn't use it. I reactivated it and just I reactivated it and just started following like uh, small presses and like yeah. writers and stuff and kind of just like basically for like a year. I sort of just like followed a bunch of it and kind of watched it from, you know, kind of just like watched it from afar and like was trying to really like get a pulse on like what that community and what that world was like online. And then basically at the start of this year, I started, yeah, started like submitting writing and stuff places. Have you interviewed Zach Smith? I haven't, but I think you should, you should reach out to him. I've talked to him. I mean, he knows all like all this stuff I'm telling you about his book. And like during that time in my life, he knows all this stuff. Um, actually, well, because actually at that time I had reached out to him on Twitter and said something to him basically about what I just told you, but like a way more brief, like, you know, quick, like Twitter message version of it. And he was like super, super kind and really, really nice. And, uh, he sent me, a. He sent me like a back patio like care package. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, he yeah, sent he's me like basically really awesome guy. Yeah, he's great. He sent me like all the back patio books in the mail, like for free. I was like, hey, since you liked my book, like yeah, basically just I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it was really if he said it really like that, but he yeah, he essentially just like sent me a bunch of back patio books for free. And then that was awesome because that's how I I mean, that's how I found out about like Graham Irvin and his writing and yeah, I mean, really through that, all that just segued into finding about like, you know, all this other stuff and all these other people. I got to ask you about the skating thing. Have you considered starting like a zine or a magazine that mixes skating with writing? Because I think people would really be into that. Yeah, I... I've thought about making like skate zines for sure. Um, I've never really towards the, towards the end of the like fanzine thing I was doing with my friend, we actually started to incorporate a lot more skating content into it. I don't know. I've never really thought about like a skating and writing thing. Zine making zines in general to me just is writing kind Mm -hmm. of in a way, I mean, you know, it's not like crafty writing, like writing small fictions and poetry and stuff like that, but it is like a, you know, it's like interviews and, yeah, you know, interviews, commentary, uh, reviews of like yeah. skate parts and stuff like that. So, I mean, I've definitely thought about that stuff, but I've never thought of like segueing the two together. Um, I, cause you could bring in people that like, you know, Talon kind of brought you in with his book. You could also like, be doing that with other people in like the skating communities that don't know about this community yeah that's true there is this guy i like found out about in new york um i think his name is galen uh but he like has this little thing called dollar stories that's Mm -hmm. really cool and he like writes these little short stories and makes these tiny little like homemade zines they're literally like probably this big and he sells them for like a dollar in skate shops Oh wow, that's pre- that's pretty cool. Um, I actually have uh, some of them. I think I think I got some, a bunch of them. Uh, when I was in New York, like, not that. Oh wait, yeah, right here. So you could like review one of those, or like interview this guy and like put it in your zine. Yeah, see, they're just like these cool little like homemade oh, like, nice. zines he makes, and he like does the bind like they're staple bound, but then he puts like tape on them. 
Oh, cool. But it's pretty cool. I mean, I think I, I would be interested in doing something like that, but I feel like if I did something like that, especially at this point, I would want to find someone that's that would want to like do it with me or like help yeah. with it. Cause that just, that sounds kind of like a lot. And one yeah, thing I was going to say, or that I was kind of getting at is that there are like a few people that are kind of like both in writing and skating that have written books. And I don't know, whenever people write about skating or like write stories and include skating, something about it like i don't really like i don't know i don't know something about it just seems seems weird to me it's like is it forced yeah like maybe not forced or yeah maybe maybe it's forced i don't know something about it just seems like they're like fetish shy like fetish i don't know how to say that freaking word fetishizing criticizing yeah whatever (laughs) something about it seems like they're like just doing that with skating Uh, but maybe that's just because so you don't think they're like respecting it i don't know it's actually weird to say that because the people i'm thinking of they're like there's like some pro skaters that have written books basically that like has skating in it and i don't know i just don't well those those guys probably had ghostwriters write their autobiographies no i'm talking like i'm talking about like tony skate no there's some skaters like current recent that um you know are I mean, they're pro skaters, but they're not like Tony. They're not like, pro, like if I said their name, you wouldn't know who they are. Like yeah. They're like pro skaters, just like, you know, just like there are hundreds and hundreds of pro football players. Mm-hmm. We don't know. We don't know who the right end or, you know, or the right. I don't even know football freaking position. Yeah, is. I don't you, you, get, you get what I'm saying? Like, we don't yeah. know who the, we don't even know who the running back is for the Cleveland Bears or yeah. whatever. I don't yeah. know, you know? So anyways, there are these, like, there are a few skaters that there is a pro skater that wrote some novels recently. Like he actually wrote them himself. And I don't know. Now I just sound like I'm hating and I don't really want to hate. No, he, he probably sucks. It might, it might probably be good. a better skater than he is a writer. <laughs> but there was, you know, any writers like, that started out writing, then like transitioned into skating. I feel like you have to start skating young. Yeah. I mean, to really, really like love it and care about continuing to do it you gotta yeah i don't know yeah you gotta i feel like you to fall in love with skating you have to fall in love with it young because that's when you're like that's when you have the time to like do it all the time you know and also that's when you that's when you have the capability of like getting like hurt and and being able to recover and be like oh this is fine you know what i mean Mm because like when i was younger i I like sprained and rolled my ankle probably 50 oh, times. God. Like so terrible. I can't even tell you how many times I've rolled my ankle, but oh. I was young and it was just like a part of skating. But it's like now if I was if I got into skating now and was like rolling my ankle all the time, I'd be like, "Yo, this shit sucks. Why am I doing this?" you know? So like if you do roll your ankle now, do you just like walk it off? I mean, I haven't I haven't rolled my ankle in a long time, knock on wood. I mean, What's the worst like, injury you've had? Well, so a few years ago, uh, in 2018, I like triple fractured my ankle. So Whoa. I like, broke, I broke Sweet. every, I broke every bone in my ankle. And so like, say your, say like your leg is straight and like, this is your kneecap. Yeah. My, my foot was 90 degrees to the oh, right God. or to the left. 
Yeah, so Ugh. it was like fully broken and turned 90 degrees to the left. Was that wicked? You're looking at your foot. You're like, Dude, oh, that's it was. Cool. No, I, I, <laughs> I absolutely like hate stuff like that. It literally like. Do you barf and pass out? It, it like mentally just screws me up. Stuff like that. Mm. I hate stuff like that. There was like a photo of it. I had taken a photo of it. I think when it happened. You got to make and, that like, like the cover of a book that you. No, I've yes. never, I haven't. I haven't seen that photo in five years. I made everyone oh. I knew delete it and like and like make sure that I could never see it again. It's got to be like your author's photo. It's so bad. I do have <laughs> some pretty cool photos. I do have some pretty cool like X-rays of my legs, mm -hmm. and because actually not from skating, but a long time ago, I actually broke both my legs. And I have just tons of metal. I have tons of metal and screws and stuff in my legs. So if you like see x-rays of my legs, mm -hmm. it looks all crazy because there's like, you know, there's like metal and like screws all in there. So if you get injured now, does that make the metal worse? I don't know. I mean, I've never been in. Luckily, I've never been injured hard enough to where it could actually like, you know, mess up the metal or whatever. So the I feel like it would pretty, be pretty hard. I mean, there's pretty, like literally a in my right femur there's like a metal rod like a you know like a thick like titanium rod in my leg so when you get injured and they you come in they're like oh it's a skater that's why <laughs> i mean i'm trying to think that last time i got hurt i feel like that last time i got hurt was like the most major one i've ever had what what were you doing to get like dude it was so stupid i was i've always been like mess like you know like hurt the worst on like this kind of the silliest like dumbest stuff but um mm. it was like this town i was living in at the time it was the grand opening of the skate park at the town in the town or whatever and there was like curbs as in you know like little ledges about yeah. so high and there's like a like a term in skating like when you grind a curb without like like without like actually ollieing or like going up in the air to get on it there's mm -hmm. like a thing in skating where you just like basically slap like very forcefully like slap yourself into the curb and it's mm -hmm. called a slappy and it's like a pretty like it's a pretty like niche maneuver like to act to do it you really gotta like it's really you really have to like understand like what you're doing when you like slap yourself onto that curb yeah or whatever you're okay uh to like grind it or whatever so i was it was the grand opening and there was like these little you know fresh new curbs and i was trying to like do like a slappy crook on it going like way too fast and basically just came off the front of my board and i had like pretty like fresh shoes on as well so like they have a lot of grip and i don't know something about like when i came off the front of my board my shoe like gripped the brand new concrete oh. And it just like broke. It just literally freaking snapped my like. It essentially, tried to snap my foot off. Like, Ooh. like it just snapped. Like, literally grabbed my foot and just snapped it ninety degrees to the oh, left. Oh man! And broke like yeah, broke all the bones. Oh my god! It was bad. I was like, I I remember looking down at my like right when it happened. I remember looking down at my foot and just like screaming like i don't know like what the like screaming something like what like what is going on like what yeah. just happened to my foot like freaking out about like how like how did i just do that to my foot basically 
was your adrenaline just like bursting through your body oh yeah i like don't even really remember that initial pain from it i just remember freaking out and like basically yeah it was like it happened at like 10 a.m too it happened like in the morning like at the grand opening for this brand new skate park everyone was ready to have like the best day and like celebrate this new skate park and i just like snapped my foot off basically and like some 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 guy came and like some guy came and like scooped me a guy a, a guy i knew but this like guy came and scooped me off the ground and like carried me to his car put me in the back seat of his car and just like immediately took me to the hospital and what i had to nice like call, i had to like i had to like call my wife and was like hey like sorry but like you know i screwed up my ankle like i need you to come to the er oh and God. she you know she rushed there or whatever but yeah it was it was very nightmarish so like if you call your wife like she knows because you're a skater like okay i gotta go to the er now <laughs> i mean it hasn't happened that many times okay but i feel like there was there was like a brief there was like a brief period there when i was skating like a lot a lot where i feel like yeah i, feel, I almost felt like anytime i called her she could guess it wasn't necessarily that i was like going to the hospital but she mm -hmm. could guess that i was saying like because there have been other times where i've done that too like right when we got married i was at i was skating and i like fell and hit my chin oh my god i fell and hit my chin on the ground oh my and when god. i when i hit my chin on the ground i actually no no, no. I'm thinking of like a young that's like a injury that happened to me when i was like a teenager is what i'm saying sorry i but very similarly i fell and i smacked my face on the ground and when i smacked my face on the ground it like split my eyebrow open yeah and so like this whole yeah basically like right here was just like gashed open and it was just like pouring blood out and i yeah i called my wife and was like Hey, I just split my face open. Like, I'm gonna go to the ER. Like, can you possibly meet me there or whatever? Dude, I think that happened to me when I was like 12 or 10. I was on like one of those scooters and I was going down someone's driveway and like the a crack like caught the wheel and like the lever that you're holding onto like turns and I just like face planted into the fucking concrete. Dude, yeah. Oh, yeah. I hate stuff like that and like injuries. It's kind of funny because a lot of skaters love watching like really gnarly slam videos yeah and stuff like that there's actually like, this whole segment on um maybe you, i'm sure you've heard of it but there's like a really big skate magazine called thrasher yeah yeah so thrasher has this segment that they do on their website slash like youtube channel called hall of meat oh my god and it's just like it's like essentially like people are getting like recognized and like congratulated on like how gnarly their slam is mm -hmm. and like skaters love like a lot of skaters love watching stuff like that i hate watching stuff like that what's like the worst, i don't what's watch the worst all of me videos injury you've seen watching someone else skate like your friends dude i've i mean honestly i don't know if i've ever seen anything as bad as as my own ankle but I mean, I've seen like, yeah, I've seen a ton of really bad ones. I mean, I've seen people, you know, I've seen people like bust their, like, you know, fall into their back, like down something really big, like a stair set or a handrail, like oh. fall to their back. And then kind of naturally when they fall their back, their head will like whiplash back uh. and hit the concrete. So like basically they'll, you know, they'll bust their head open and the back of their head will bleed. Oh my God. So I've seen that. I've seen people like do that and get knocked out cold. Um, <laughs> 
I had, I had like this one little friend, like younger friend than me when I lived in California that I was skating with once had a spot and he broke his arm and it was like mm -hmm. obviously broken. And he, he didn't like really know what to do or how to react. And I had to like call his, he was like, probably, he was probably like 14 at the time. Mm -hmm. Maybe, yeah, maybe like 14 at the time, maybe 13, honestly. But it was like a bunch of us skating and filming or whatever at a spot and he broke his arm and I had to like call his mom. I had to like call his mom on his cell phone and be like, Hey, like, you know, so-and-so broke his arm. Can you meet us? At We're going to go to the hospital by the skate park. Can you meet us there? And I had to like make a little, uh, I had like a jacket in my car and I made a little like homemade like sling for him to like put his arm in because his arm was so messed up. Oh my God. You got to like write these stories down. He's yeah. really good. I could, yeah. I mean, I could write. I feel like I could write endless stories about just even the little bit of time that I lived in California, because like that's all I was doing. Like, yeah. when I lived there, I literally skated. Did you skate in any competitions? Especially towards, especially towards the end, I skated every. I mean, I skated every day for, for, at least, at least like four or five hours every day. Was there a goal in mind, or were you just skating to skate? Like there's a, like a freedom to it yeah just i mean i've just all I, it was just like what i always did as a, at mm -hmm. a young age like it was just like familiar yeah it was just like my default like thing that i that i absolutely loved doing and it was like how i made all my friends mm -hmm. um and when i lived in california like i started working at a skate park and then eventually i started working for a skate company so it was just like, it was just like everything I was around, you know, like, mm -hmm. especially when I was working at the skate company, like we would go on like lunch break and we would go skate for like an hour or two. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> and like, you know, we'd eat at the same, yeah, we would eat something, but we'd also just skate for like a few hours. So did you ever want to like have your own skate, like company or skate shop? I've, yeah, I mean, I've always thought about that stuff too. Um, you know, I've come up with little names and logos and stuff since I was like a kid, like, coming up with ideas like that for sure um i definitely wanted i mean so when i moved to california like my goal i mean one of my big goals when i moved there it didn't it wasn't right away i literally moved there with no job but when i moved there i was like i'm gonna move to california because i would love to have like a job in the skate industry mm -hmm. and i eventually got one which is really cool and i did that job even after i moved back here and did it remote um and it kind of just like worked out and lined up because then like COVID happened like not that long after and then everything was kind of like that but uh but yeah I did that job for a while and then I just got I'm not like a I'm not like a work from home kind of person I get yeah. really like I get really like lonely and just like I thrive off like being around people so yeah so I did you stepped away from that job so you graduated high school and then you went to college and then you went into this yeah stuff. i went to i never really went to college oh that's okay um a lot of people uh, i went i like kind of did some online school a little bit here and there um but yeah after high school i kind of just i kind of just like i toured around with um like a friend of mine like music doing like music stuff like music touring cool. with my friend's band and i did that for a little bit and then um 
I don't know. I basically like met my now wife right after high school and was just like kind of trying to like be around her and hang out with her. <laughs> like was she a skater? No, she's not a skater at all. Okay. Um but yeah, I don't know. I I graduated high school, didn't go to college, did a little bit here and there online type stuff, and then just like you know, were I always worked and like did mm-hmm. random jobs, like like food and like work at restaurants, like food and bev type jobs. Yeah. And then and then right before my wife and I got married, I did this like desk job, which is mm-hmm. when I was doing the zine a lot because it was pretty cool. I worked in like a cubicle mm-hmm. type desk job and I was kind of like hidden away and like mm-hmm. I was on a computer, but like I had the I had like my tasks I needed to do for that day, but no one really knew like what I was doing all day in that cubicle. I was kind of just like in there. So that was when I started making that zine because I would like be at work and I'd had access to like printers and what were you doing? I was doing like it was so random. I've never done it again or even really thought about it. But I was like doing like back end web developing kind of. Like I was doing like I was doing like e-commerce type stuff. I was basically like uh-huh. uploading, I was like basically uploading products and like creating like product URLs for like selling stuff for this like furniture store or something. Oh, it was like okay. a light, it was like a lighting furniture store. But I started doing that job before I got married because it was like a salary job. And I was like, oh, like I'm about to get married. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I'm being a grown up. Like I need to get a salary job. And so I like got this salary job and it was, I mean, it was really boring, but it was fine. Uh, like while I did it, but basically after my wife and I got married, uh, we just decided to like move to California. So we just wanted to like go off and like do something, you know, fun before we like truly like settled down and stuff like that. we're We're young. You think you'll ever like, we'll settle down like in your head. I don't know. Cause like, do you think um, writing when you came into writing that you saw it like as kind of a challenge? Because it's like I a mean, new art form, it's a new medium. Yeah, for sure. And you um, have that skater mentality that you have to like challenge yourself. Yeah, I I think I feel like as far as something that is creative for me and something to be doing, really just like with my free time. Because like, well, for instance, I don't really skate anymore, like hardly. I mean, I do, but. You think you'll go back to it? I would love to, but the main thing that keeps me from doing it as much as I used to is just like injury and like pain. So like now, basically now, if I skate a lot, my like I have this like this one knee, my right knee that's just like really messed up, and when I skate Mm -hmm. a lot, my it just hurts really really bad. So I kind of like laid off. I mean, essentially, that's like how I got really hit. Like I was saying sort of earlier, like that's how I got really into reading. I just started skating less. And I was like, what am I going to do with my, you know, free time? At the time, I had a lot of free time outside of work. And I was just like, what am I going to do with my free time? So I started reading all the time. So I started Mm -hmm. reading books all the time. And then that led into, you know, writing, writing and stuff. But I feel like what I was, oh, what I was getting at is that I feel kind of like writing is my like settle down thing (laughs) yeah like writing like is this thing that i feel like i could do it i enjoy it and i can do it 
forever. You yeah. know, like there's no like physical, there's no like physical limitations on to why I could or couldn't write mm-hmm. the way that there is with skating, you know, like I want, like I wish so bad that I, you know, had my like teenager body again and could just skate all day, every day and like be fine. But it's like, now I go and I skate for like an hour and my knee hurts for like weeks. Yeah. So it's like so, the limitations on one's own body. Yeah. Yeah. Would you ever like do VR if you could like skate in someone else's body? I don't know. I've never, I've never been like intrigued by any of that kind of stuff. I have no, I mean, I have no idea. I've never done any of that sort of stuff. Like what's VR, the coolest... like the face or what's the Facebook one? Or isn't meta? that like a Facebook thing? Yeah. Meta. Some kind of like were... thing you put on your face. They were, they canceled it or something. It okay. Like it yeah. Went out of business. Okay, yeah, so, I just I don't know. I'm not I'm not interested really in any of that stuff. When I when I was younger and I would get hurt like skating and then couldn't skate, mm-hmm. I would just play like skate like video games all the time. Yeah, those are awesome. Like skate three. Like I was like really into skate three. Whenever uh whenever I was I, like there's a really cool storyline on one of those where you had to like win a competition and then like you ended up like jumping out of a helicopter or going down into like a skate ramp. That's based off, yeah. That's based off an actual real thing. Wait, what? Some guy that's really? That's based off Danny Way. So there's this like pro skater named Danny Way. He's like the guy that invented the mega ramp. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he did a stunt once for. Well, that feels so silly calling it a stunt, but I mean that's essentially what it was. But cool. back when I was like a kid, like early two thousands, there was like it was actually one of my favorite skate videos. I watched it all the time. Um, it was the DC video, but yeah, he jumps out of a helicopter, like into a half pipe. That's awesome. What's the coolest yeah. trick you've landed? What's the best you've ever done? One like of not 900. No, I'm I'm not like a, I've never really been super good at, um, like transition skating. So like skating, like ramps and like pools and half pipes. I've never been super good at that. I, I didn't. I didn't grow up having any of that around what's me. What's the tra- what's transition skating? So trans that's just what you call skating like ramps. So like quarter pipes oh. and half pipes and stuff. That's called transition. Why? Because I don't, I don't know. know. It's just like the transition like, of the I just thought it was skating. I thought it was all skating. Maybe hey, I actually just had this thought just now when you asked why. Maybe the transition means because you're in because you're transitioning from being horizontal to being oh, vertical that's true maybe that's why i don't know so i was listening to an interview you did it was like a super religious interview are you like super religious no i'm not you no. listen to that on youtube yeah that's funny no i'm not uh that interview is pretty funny um because honestly just like for for real like small world type shit but uh the the guy that interviewed me in that video he he's published on mumu house he has a story that. on yeah so he has a story on mumu house and he's like somehow, super religious he's super duper religious yeah he's I mean, did you listen to mine and his conversation? Yeah, I did. He's very interesting. I mean, he's had a very interesting, like, journey of what I guess you would consider his religion, though. I would say. He I just mean, knew very, a lot about Bibles and stuff. 
Yeah. I mean, so, so essentially like what I was going to say is like, I somehow saw that he was on Moomoo house and saw that name and was like, how do I know that name? Like, I know who that is. How do I know who that is? And then I, and then I like basically went back and was like, wait, I went to the same church as this guy wow. when I was like a kid. I was like, a, like literal, I was a teenager. Yeah. He's older than me. He was probably, I mean, he wasn't super old either, but he was probably like, I mean, when I was like 12, 13, going to this little church that was in my neighborhood, it was literally a tiny little like neighborhood church. It had like 50 people go to it or something. Yeah. I'm talking like really, really small. And he, he went to it as well because I think it's just like where his parents went. And like, he also mm-hmm. lived in the neighborhood. And, um, but yeah, when I was like 12 or 13, he was, I mean, I don't really know, but I think he was probably like around 20 or something like that. Maybe like 20 years old. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. Whenever I made that connection and, um, saw that he was on Moomoo house, I like followed him on Twitter. Like I found his Twitter and followed him on Twitter. And then we exchanged a few messages and, and, and whenever I messaged him, he was like, I was like, do you remember me? Like I went to that same little tiny church you went to and he was like, oh yeah, you're that kid that broke his legs. Oh my God. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that was me. So like, that's how he remembered me. He remembered, he remembered me as like the kid that broke his legs, even though I did, that happened to me way later on. And I don't think I went to that church anymore at that point, but I guess probably he had just heard about it like in the church or like through the neighborhood or something. So Cause you... we, we lived in a really small town. It was like very small Southern, like Bible belt type town. Yeah. And, um, and it was kind of just like one of those, like people just sort of went to church because that's just like what you did. It yeah. wasn't necessarily like, wasn't necessarily like your, your religion or like, I don't know. It was just kind of like, yeah. So did you ever uh, like fall out of religion and come back into it or, cause I know in your writing, you write about heaven and things like that. And that's the title of your book. Yeah. Um, I spent like, I feel like I said a lot of this in that interview with him, but, um, but I spent like a good bit of my like twenties, like, so yeah, anyways, when I was younger, when I was a teenager, I was, yeah, I was Christian and went to church and stuff. And, and I did that because I wanted to, I didn't mm-hmm. grow up in like a, I didn't grow up in like a church home or church fan. Like my home life and family wasn't like super churchy or religious. Did or you ever like speak that. tongue? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, definitely had its, I definitely had experiences where that Wait, was like what? a thing. Yeah. So you did? I don't know. I mean, yeah. You say. I mean, how do you not know if you've spoken in tongues? Like yes or no? I mean, it's pretty extreme. You know, you don't have to say, but I know. I mean, curious. I don't know. I really, I really kind of don't remember to be honest. But I was in. I was definitely in a lot of environments where a lot of that kind of stuff was going on. It feels very certain, performative at certain times in my life. Yeah, I, I agree. I feel like a lot of a lot of a lot of like like extremely churched like as in just like overly churched christians mm-hmm. 
feels performative to me and like all and like event you know eventually got to that place where it felt very performative to me and like then i completely like you know kind of backed out of it and backed and like got away from it is there but a yeah style? i mean i think i think that any i think that any like i mean not any but i think that especially at that time in my life if you were like a person that like your life revolved around, i'm talking people that like you know serve at church and are volunteers and like maybe in the worship band and like volunteer at the youth group on wednesdays and then they're there like all day sunday and lots of other times throughout the week like people that are like overly 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 churched mm -hmm. it's very performative a lot of times in my opinion it comes off that way do you think that exists within every community if people are like really really into their own community like at some point it becomes performative I mean, I think it, yeah. I mean, I think if anything, it's going to come across to other people that way. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I think know, this whether... is kind of performative in a way. Yeah, I mean. Because we're doing a podcast and it's got to be like entertaining. So there's got to be some performance <laughs> aspect to it, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I think, yeah. So I, I kind of was in that for a little bit as a young you know, a young adult. And then I would say I spent most of my twenties, like trying to like distance myself from it as much as possible. I mean, Why? I moved to what, what happened? Was I think there, like, I just, a, a point? I don't know. I, th I think I just got like really like over how like disin like just how ungenuine it all felt. Mm -hmm. And it just like, it eventually just got to a place where it was like, really rubbing me the wrong way and i feel like for the last few years of me even being in that world i feel like all i did was like i was just like like all i was doing was like talking about talking about people like talking about it and talking about people like behind you know behind their backs essentially i was very jaded about all of it yeah and i was just like if i'm so jaded about all this and like you know making fun of it all the time basically like, why am I still in it? Or why am I still like, do like, even existing in this community and in this world? So yeah, I just distanced myself from it. And then I think to cope with the fact that I had kind of distanced myself from it, I spent a good bit of my 20s, like really trying to convince myself that like, God wasn't real. And that mm -hmm. I was like, atheist or something. And, um, and then I think, as I, as I went through that stage, and and i don't know like maybe even like my wife got pregnant and was like having a daughter i think i just like got to a point where i realized that like god and spirituality like doesn't have to be christianity yeah. you know and it, yeah it doesn't have to be forced and also doesn't have to be this one specific like super doctrinated like way of thinking but it can be I don't know just more like more genuine and more real to just like what i think or believe or am even feeling you know and so i just kind of came to that kind of place so like now i wouldn't say i'm religious at all and i wouldn't even say i'm christian but like do i believe in god and do i believe certain things about like yeah there being like a a god yeah i don't know i i think i do but at the same time it's just all and then I don't know. And a lot of the, my writing and stuff, it's all just like 
it's all language, you know, it's all just Mm -hmm. like, it's all just like comforting language. And I think to me, like having thoughts about God and like writing about God and like heaven and even like spiritual, like imagery and things like that, it's all just a part of like, of who, like, it's just all a part of like who, like what my life is, like how my life has made me who I am. You know, Mm -hmm. it's just language. It's just like, what's, what's, familiar to me and what's comfortable to me. And I think that's another fascinating thing too, to think about what's familiar to you because of like who you are and like how you were raised, you know? Yeah. Cause like, I feel like for a little bit, I tried to not tried to, but for a little bit, I was pretty fascinated with like Eastern religions. And I read like the, you know, I read like the Bhagavad Gita and I was like reading and listening to a lot of like Ram Das and more like Hindu, like, like Krishna type things. Mm-hmm. And I had this conversation with this guy or with like a friend that was like, that was basically like, um, you know, all that stuff's really cool, but like that stuff really doesn't mean anything to you because you don't know anything about any of that. Like you didn't yeah. grow up in, you didn't grow up in, like Asia or like in the Eastern world, you grew up in the Western world and like imagery and like things that like represent God to you are like crosses. And, you know, and, and then I, and then I started to think about it that way too, where it's like, even if it's not like religion or saying that you're like Christian or Hindu or whatever, you got to think about like what, like what images and what do you, like when you close your eyes and you think of God, like, what do you see? Like, what images do you see? You know, and things like that. And so I just started to basically just started to have this really loose idea and like really loose belief on like who a God could be or like what heaven could be or what a heaven could be like. And, you know, all this kind of stuff. When you're writing, do you ever imagine yourself as God? Like I control everything and I control words and form. I do. I do definitely believe way more in like, yeah. And being control. Yeah. I believe way more in like being control of myself, but I don't think I, I don't think I think of myself as God. No, you never embody yourself. But I, but I do God. think I am like, I do think I think that way comparatively compared to before. Cause I used to like, there were a lot of times before when I was like making like, I don't know, thinking that I was making decisions or like informed decisions based on like what God would want me to do or what like God was leading me to do. And I don't think like that at all anymore. Like, I'm just like, I, you know, this is like, this is me. This is my brain. I'm like thinking about, but I get what you're saying. I mean, so what, what compels you to go to the form of haikus? Cause you write a lot of haikus in your book. Yeah. So I actually don't write haikus really all. hardly like i hardly wow. ever write haikus um i put a lot of haikus in this book because i was so a lot of this book was written on my phone mm-hmm. and a lot of it was written very short form like in my notes app and haikus were short and quick and easy to write and sometimes would give me like a form or like something to go off of mm-hmm. Um, but like, I'd write a lot of poems and write a lot of these, or even write a lot of lines of poetry that would eventually become these poems in just the middle of like, in just the middle of 
life and like the day, you know, like, yeah. I mean, I literally wrote a lot of these poems um, while driving, delivering pizzas, oh, which nice. is very, which is very unsafe to do while you're driving. But like, mm -hmm. you know, something would, I would be having a thought or like, you know, would see something and something would remind me of, you know, this or that. And I would just like write it quickly. And I felt like haikus were quick and short and easy to write. And then also when I was specifically making this book, I kind of got like into this, I don't know if it was like, I just thought it was like funny or something, but I thought it was like, I thought it was cool and fun to write like a haiku and it'd be very short and very vague, but then just have like a really long title. Yeah. So I just thought it was kind of funny to have like a haiku's title be like longer than the poem itself. So I was doing like a lot of that in this book and like even, even too, like, I think the very last poem in it is a haiku, but it's not an actually a haiku. Like it follows mm -hmm. no, it follows no, like it doesn't follow the traditional haiku form of like, like syllable counting. Okay. It's just like a short three lined poem. I wouldn't know the difference uh, if you had not told me that, but I like that. So you start off using the form and then by the end you end up breaking the form. Yeah, traditionally. So there's, yeah. there's a narrative there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you think it was easy to like just have a, a short form that you could just like start and finish and like have something done? Yeah, it was it was fun to be able to get like a. Also, in those moments where I really was following the traditional haiku, it was fun to just like be able to get a get a thought or get something out quickly, and like, but also have a limit. Yeah. Because same time too, you know, a limit to like syllable count and like line count. Because also too, sometimes like when I wouldn't have that, I would write some very long-winded thing. Some very long-winded person, yeah. and it would just be a bunch of like mumbo jumbo. Like, yep. and if I ever went back to it to have to edit it and like truly edit it down to a poem, I'd be cutting out the majority every, of it, every word, you know, or like yeah. most every word. So. It was just that. like a fun, it was just like a fun way to keep it short and simple. And I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's kind of funny because literally I don't write haikus. So do you think like, in the future you're going to move on to other forms? Yeah, I think I mostly, so what's kind of funny is this book. So the book and the poems, a lot of them were written a long like what now feels like a long time ago to me mm -hmm. um and i look back at those original versions of it of them mm -hmm. and they were like really bad like as in they just like weren't good it just wasn't i mean i'm not saying now that like these poems are great or anything i still think i mean this is how I am I'm like my own worst critic. I think they're like mediocre at best, but it's, it's, it was fun to write them. And mm -hmm. I think if anything, they're like the best versions of that. They're the best versions of themselves that they're ever going to be. Yeah. And, um, but like looking, but like I said, like when I look back at the original versions of them, they were like really, really not good poet, like not good poetry. And I had gotten some feedback from people not necessarily saying that they weren't good, but just saying like, you know, I don't, I've never, like, I don't know what to tell you like about these essentially. And mm -hmm. so I started writing at that time. I started writing more like prose 
yeah. and started and like leaned more into writing more prose. And also when I originally initially started submitting, I was submitting poetry and like was getting like was having no luck at all. Like it was mm -hmm. getting rejected a lot. Like I mean, I wasn't submitting a lot, a lot, but I was getting rejected on my poetry, on my poems, like my line poems. Yeah. And so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to like do this like prose. And also at the time, I literally didn't even know what prose poetry was. Yeah. Like I had to like Google, like what's the difference between like poetry and prose? Like that's how much I didn't know about writing when I first started doing it. Like, two, I feel like you know, a lot of people are like that. Not even two years ago. And so I like, you know, looked at what prose was and I was like, oh, okay, this is more just like, you can be long-winded mm -hmm. and you can just like write like a block paragraph thing and say something in a poetic way essentially yeah. so anyways i started writing stuff like that more and then when i was submitting stuff like that people like like i got i was getting acceptances on yeah. it and i was like i was like whoa you know i don't know the first time i ever got an acceptance i literally like you would have thought i just you would have thought I just like won the lottery. Mm -hmm. Like I was so stoked when I got yeah. my first acceptance and my first acceptance was at rejection letters Yeah, and it was like directly from DT. And it was like such a cool acceptance. Literally he just responded and was like, I mean, I, I mean, I could look at it, but it, it, I mean, it was very short. It was just like, Oh, this is fucking amazing. I love mm -hmm. this. Like mm -hmm. essentially like it was, he wasn't saying a lot, but it was just like very like, yeah. strong like strong expression of like i enjoyed this mm -hmm. and so then i was like oh okay so like i need to be doing stuff like this for the sake of like i don't know this sounds like now i'm just writing to get acceptances but i wanted to write i mean i want to write stuff that people want to read and enjoy yeah. reading you know and and part of publishing your shit is people accepting it so if people accept it you know somebody liked it yeah. And then to share it online so that more people can read it and see if people are enjoying what they're reading of yours or not enjoying what they're reading of yours. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And, um, and so I started writing, yeah, just started writing some stuff like that. And then, and then I kind of was like telling myself, I don't know. I was kind of just telling myself for a little bit there, like poetry, like line poetry, like, isn't my thing or isn't, what I should be doing. But then I kind of went back and thought about like what feels most natural to me and like why I truly write or feel the need to write. And so I just like kind of leaned back into kind of almost like a opposite of what I was just saying, yeah. like, like kind of like a more fuck it mentality. Like I don't care who accepts this and doesn't accept this to publish kind of thing. Like this is what I naturally am writing all the time. And so for the last, maybe for the last probably like four months or so, I've been trying to like lean back more into poetry and just like getting better at writing poetry. So like I've been reading more poetry. Um, I got, I got put onto this book called. Why didn't you in, uh, use any of those like short stories and put those in the the book that you came out with? I do like though that it's mostly poetry. I think I'm gonna maybe make something else out of that stuff one day or something. Yeah. Um, I'm actually working on another poetry book right now that's like almost like a hybrid of those two things. Mm -hmm. So it's not 
it's not prosy in in like the blocked paragraph way that you think of yeah. when I say hybrid, but it's like lined poetry that is like that is like line broken in ways that is more about pace and less yeah. about like less about like form. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's like a narrative. It's like a narrative poetry book. So I've been working on this this like other book that I want to eventually this other book I want to eventually like work on it for like a while and edit it a lot and i want to actually like submit it to like places to get published because this poetry book i'm literally just making with some of my friends okay so i'm not like like i'm essentially self-publishing this but it is with some friends that like make zines basically oh so you did it like for your friends i think that's the best way to go yeah pretty much that's pretty much yep i like that i saw one there's a poem in there that you took that you initially had as like a a part of a script that was published on swamp and i really love what you did where you just took the dialogue and you put a little hyphen next to it so you don't know who's taught like there's really no ground for the reader to start off from and i really love that because i sort of end up making the narrative all in my head and i'm just assuming what's going on what's not going on and it was totally different than what you had in the script yeah so that's do cool. you do you ever write like screenplays or was that just like something you wrote that, up real quick? Yeah, that was literally just something I wanted to do for Swamp. Um, I wanted to submit writing to them, but I didn't want it to be because, like I said at the time, all their stuff was like visual art and like yeah. stuff like that, and it wasn't like writing. And so I think I just wanted to. I mean, I could have totally just submitted like writing to them, but. I don't know. I wanted to do something new at that time was at that time when I wrote that script was the time when I was kind of like, I don't know. I was kind of like, like struggling with like what I wanted to write and like, did I want to write prose? Did I want to write little short fictions? Did I want to write, um, poetry? You know, like I was, so I just like, you know what, I'm going to write none of those things. I'm just going to do something different. And so I was like, I want to write this little script. And in my head, in my head it was a poem like what i was thinking about and the story that is in that script is what normally i would express as like a poem yeah but i just chose to do it as a script instead basically and that's the yeah i mean that's the one and only and it's also very very short i mean that's like an incredibly short script if it's a you know for a script but um i really love people like you that are like you don't really know that much but you come in and you want to be like innovative I feel like people like that are like way more ballsy than people that have been doing this for like 10 to 15 years. And you're like constricted by what you think people want or don't want. Yeah, I think I, I mean, I'm not going to like echo what you're saying and say that I like that about myself, but I, but I get what you're saying. And what I'll say to that is that like, I like the idea of coming into writing and like not knowing a lot about it Mm -hmm. and kind of just like, trying this here and there kind of thing yeah and sometimes i think about i don't know sometimes i think about writing and i think about people that have like mfas and stuff Mm -hmm. and also and i and i think like dude like to be a good writer or to like try to make books and stuff like do i need to have an mfa is that something that i have to have you know and and then i and then i like think about you know, this little community of like Twitter writers and stuff. And it's like, no, you don't like, you don't need that at all. 
Mm-hmm. And and I think, yeah, I just think it's fun to to mess around with like trying different things and like doing different things. And I think too, like, I don't know if that gets annoying to people. No. To have like someone or to have like a writer that's like you never know what you're gonna get from them because their shit is always like different and like I love that though. Yeah, I I I like it too. And like you know, like if you look at my because that inspires other people if you see someone doing something and then they want to like oh well I can start something if this person's doing something, especially you know, a new person because you're like who is this ballsy kid just doing all this new shit? Because I was like who are you? You have this book and now you're starting like a chat book thing. And then I thought you made Swamp. I was like, who is this guy? Where the fuck did he come from? I did. I mean, yeah, I I literally started helping her with Swamp. But what's your chat book? After the first two months. So the chat book thing, it's just, it just like slowed. It just like died kind of, sort of. But I'm not going to kill it. I'm not going to kill it. Because I do want to make, I do want to make chat books with people. It's just, it's not like, it's not it's not peaking uh, it's just not getting a lot of interest really and i'm not gonna and you know and i'm not gonna sit there and try to like force it to get mm-hmm. interest if it happens it happens but yeah. I, at the same time i'm not gonna kill it like i'm not gonna like go and just delete that account or whatever but i essentially made that chat book thing because i like making zines and i've yeah. made zines forever like i've because that's essentially what i'm doing is i'm mm-hmm. just making zines but I started it and right when I started it, I already had a friend that wanted to make a book with me and was down to. And uh, I don't really, I don't think I have any staple bound copies of it right now. But like, I mean, literally, here's it without it being staple bound. But this is like the first frequent and vigorous like book literally in here. I just haven't, I only staple bound as many as I needed to ship out basically. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I had this friend that wanted to make a poetry book and I really liked his poems. But at the same time, he was also like going under, he was like switching to writing under like a pen name. So he wasn't Mm going to write under his actual name anymore. So I was like, Oh, this is cool. Like it'll be his first thing is his pen name. Maybe it'll like inspire him to like keep writing under this pen name. Yeah. And we made that and it was fun. I really loved it. A lot of people don't know who he is. It don't know his pen name so like it didn't get a lot of int- you know it didn't get yeah. like like you know interest of the way that someone who already has like a following would get yeah but it was fun to do and then my second book was going to be a chat book for Kevin. Mm-hmm. and uh and me and him i mean he's like i mean he's i would consider like he's the homie now like i would consider him a friend like you know I could like we text sometimes and stuff, but like at the time I didn't know Kevin, but like mm-hmm. essentially I forget it, exactly how it started, but we were messaging or something on Twitter. And I like, I think I just maybe asked like, are you still writing any? Like, what's up? Like, what are you doing lately? Kind of thing. And he was like, actually I have like a couple things, um, you know, I have like a bigger book thing. I have the smaller thing. And I was like, well, what are you doing with the smaller thing? Like, do you want to make a chat? Like, do you want to make a little chat book out of it? Like, I would love to make you a chat book. Like Mm -hmm. I'll literally do it right now. Like send me what you have. I will, I will make it into a book by next week. Mm -hmm. And 
I think he was very like hyped on like how eager I was. Yeah. And he was like, he was like, oh, he was like, dude, yeah, I'm super down. Anyways, he sent me it and like sent me. Didn't uh, he come out with like his own chat book like a few weeks ago? Are you talking about the little thing he published online? Yeah. That's like a book that he had been working on for like a while. And if you were at the, were you at the Misery Loves Company reading like a couple weeks ago where it was like all the back patio people? Uh, I saw some of it. I saw the first half of it. Did you hear Kevin read? No. So, yeah, you missed the best part then. Oh, no. Because, <laughs> I mean, not, I don't know about the best part because there's a lot of good people reading that night. But Kevin read and Kevin read stuff from that book. Mm-hmm. And it was just like... It's just really good. I don't know. Did yeah. you read any of that book? Yeah, it's really it's good. It's like, it's really good. And if you, it's really good. And if you hear Cabin read it, it's like really fucking good. Yeah. Like to hear Cabin read it the way that Cabin reads and like it's his words. So it's just mm-hmm. like flawless flow. Were you going to publish you know? that? I wasn't going to publish that, that. So I was oh. publishing this, I was publishing this little smaller project, this chat book that he had called, um, that he had titled notes from the couch. Oh, nice. This is like, this is going to be like the cover and like the back. I got little stamps made like little frequent and vigorous stamps made. I was making literally everything handmade like a zine. Uh, So are you going to sell those? Well, we're not making notes from the couch. I don't think. Why not? I don't Kevin had a lot going on. Um, Well, you have literally hands. I don't have like a final manuscript though. So like he sent me like a working manuscript and I mean, it was finished, but we were going to like edit it together and we just never really did. We never really edited it together. And Kevin just has like a lot going on. And like, if he ever like texted me out of the blue one day and was like, Hey, I still want to make that book or I want to make that book. I would be, I would be, you know, ready to literally, like I said, I would have it done by the following week or the following day maybe but time when we talked yeah that time when he talked he just had like a lot going on and i wasn't like i I was excited and down to make it and he was also down but some stuff came up you know life got in the way and i understand that i mean if like if i would have been committed to any type of writing stuff or things like that when my daughter was born no one would have heard from me in three months Mm -hmm. you know and it's just that's just life like sometimes sometimes things happen in life and it just gets in the way of stuff and and i just i don't know i know that Kevin has a lot of stuff going on and so i just want to respect that and if he ever hits me back up to finish making it i'm down but if he doesn't like he can you know i just want him to like do what's best for him and right now i feel like that's like making a little chapbook that like with some dude that makes random zines on the internet, like that should be the absolute least of his worries, you know? So I don't know if it'll ever happen, but maybe he was like trying to inspire you to keep working, you know, give you projects and shit. I think you're going to be doing that anyways, but why not just take the working manuscript and like publish that? Like what, what, like how much time does it take for you to hit for you and him to sit down and like go through and do edits? Like, what is that process for you? Like, yeah, I mean, I could hit him up again, but but like basically last we were speaking, he wanted to edit it. So okay. like he he wanted to go through and make sure that he like that everything was great and like would would be something that he wanted to put into print. Okay. And and 
it just, he never, it just never happened. All right. And he never did. And that's fine. Like, like I said, he's, I mean, yeah, he's, he works a lot. He's just yeah. got a lot going on. He's, he works like multiple jobs. He's like, he's also like, in a he's also been in a weird, and we've talked about this a lot too. Like he's just been in a weird place about writing because he had some stuff go down with like, uh, he had like some stuff go down with his job. And so he just had to like, be oh, careful. Yeah. He just had to be like careful about like stuff. And, and I understand because yeah, I understand. I I'm, I'm, a te- I'm a teacher too. So yeah. So you're a teacher. Yeah. I'm like a, I'm like a, a teacher assistant basically i'm like the second mm-hmm. teacher i'm like the second teacher in a montessori classroom so What's like montessori, montessori it's just like a type of school montessori is that school. religious no it's like oh. no it's not at all it's um it's just like a like a niche like form of education of school i don't oh. know do you have to like be concerned about what you write now because you're Part of the educational system i probably should be more concerned but no Fuck i mean it. i don't know yeah. yeah i don't know i i always think all the time like dude ugh, should i even be like writing under my actual name but it's not a big deal like honestly like if i if people also the thing that's nice too is because my name is md mm-hmm. um if what does you that go stand on, for it stands for michael dean okay but um, if you go on the internet and type in like MD Wheatley, literally the first five pages of typing in MD Wheatley, it's just doctors. Yeah. It's just tons and tons oh, of yeah. doctors. Oh, yeah. Okay. So like if you Google my name, it's just going to be a bunch of doctors anyway. So it's fine. Is one of your goals to work for Back Patio at some point or be published by them? Um, Not necessarily a goal, but what I mean... I mean, I would do both of those things, but it's not mm-hmm. necessarily a goal. I did, I did, um, at the beginning of the year, I don't know, this is going to maybe sound kind of lame if I say this. Say it. Well, I was just going to say at the beginning of the year, I made a list of there five, I made a list of five places that I would love to be published by. Mm-hmm. And I got published by four out of those five places. Nice. So, but yeah, that's kind of lame. I don't know why I said that. No, it's not lame. I think that's a good idea. I think more people should do that. But yeah. Have um, have goals, you know. There's only one. There was only one other, you know, obviously, like I said, four out of five. There's only one other place on that list. And they just opened up for submissions like yesterday or the day before. Yeah. Go for it, man. I haven't sent anything yet, though, but. I would like, I have a few things that I would like to send. Um, but I kind of wanted some like opinions on it first, some like feedback on it first. Do you send it your pieces out to your friends before you? I do that quite, I do that quite a bit. Yeah. Um, not, or actually, I'm trying to think. I used to do it a lot. I do it less now, but I guess actually, I guess I am kind of doing it again right now. But like, for instance, I had this piece come out on back patio, like, like last week mm-hmm. and it was like something different, like, like I was saying earlier, it was something kind of different and rain, like not like something you would expect me to write. I feel like kind of, mm-hmm. and when I wrote that, I didn't, I literally just wrote it and sent it to Zach. 
and like you, me and, and me and Zach kind of like Zach gave me feedback on it and was like, mm -hmm. you know, edit this or change this or, you know, work on this kind of thing. Um, he also told me to add more to it. So originally I'd sent him like, I think originally I'd sent him like just the Kelly Slater one or something like the first one. It was like, it's basically like four, it's basically like four fake obituaries. Oh, okay. Did you read the piece on back patio last week? Probably I did not. not. No. Okay. So anyways, it's like basically four little, four little like flash fiction pieces mm -hmm. and it's called the obituaries. And it's like fake, it's like completely fictionalized stories about people dying. Mm -hmm. And it starts out with Kelly Slater and then it goes to Tony Hawk and then it goes to Robert Smith. Do you know who that is? He's mm -hmm. the singer of the, the singer of the cure. No. Okay. So it goes to him and then it goes to Obama. Okay. So like originally I had written, I think just the first one and Zach was like, write more and as you write more make it like a more known like a more known and more famous person like as it goes through mm -hmm. and so and so yeah i did that but um but yeah i feel like as far as like pieces that i've had published that's one that i didn't really send around to friends most usually if it's if it's like poetry yeah. if it's like poetry I'll send it to people because I, because I like feedback on poems and, and poems are fun to workshop with people. Mm -hmm. I love doing that. I actually took, actually just finished doing shy, a poetry workshop with shy yeah. Watson. Wow. And it was so, it was so fun. Those and, are expensive, uh, man. I've always wanted yeah. to take one, but they're really expensive. Yeah. So I got in, I got on in half price. Minute. I saw yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. I got in last minute and got it at half price and it was really, really fun. And, I, in that workshop, I, I realized and noticed that like, I love like workshopping poems with people. It's really fun to do. Yeah, me too, it's man. like, it's, it's just like a, you know, I mean, it's, it's a fun way to like have conversations with people and like yeah. talk to people about your writing. So um, would you ever do your own workshop in the future? I would, dude, I would love to actually, we should do like a lo-fi workshop. Yes. Dude, I would, I'm not kidding. I would love to. I have so many ideas for like. Or you should do one like back patio with like Calvin and Zach. Yeah. I have ideas for like, um, like content and stuff. Like, like as, in, a, as in like content for like in between. Yeah. I like I mean, being I, a student, not really like controlling. Well, what you realize, or at, least the way, at least the way that Shy runs her workshops is what you realize is that there is no like, I don't know the way that Shy runs her workshops. It's really cool. I really loved it. There is no sort of like teacher student mm -hmm. dynamic at all. The way she runs it is really cool. The only thing that like, basically the only thing that she's not doing that everyone else is doing is writing poems. Mm -hmm. So like everyone the whole time is writing poems and workshopping it with each other and then coming together once a week and then workshopping, you know, this person, this person, and this person's poems this week. And then this person, this person's poems next week. Hopefully I'm not like giving away like, no, like every workshop does this. Okay. Well, yeah, this is the only workshop I've ever done. So I don't know. Yeah. I've taken like it was, a lot of them, but it was fun. And awesome. I mean, the only thing she's doing in between, I guess that makes her like, you know, the teacher and the instructor is she's sending out like, um, 
she's sending out like books to read and like poems mm -hmm. to read and like things to think about that poem and like prompts basically do you know um, steven archery yes i love him yeah he has he has a workshop that's pretty fun it's like you he does like fiction but you take you like uh workshop someone else's piece but then you work on it yourself like as if it were your fiction piece and it's pretty interesting yeah like that's fun work that you come up with yeah that sounds fun yeah i like steven a lot me and him me and him became friends how did we become friends you know you could do I... a workshop on like making your own scene because i don't know how to do that shit making chat books or zines yeah that would be fun that'd be cool i'd be down for that but yeah me and steven became friends i forget how but yeah i like steven a lot we used to like sometimes we would like talk on the phone do you need to get out of I here welcome from work it's getting pretty late or do you want to keep going i'm down for whatever so how'd you meet how did you meet kevin initially i don't know we just like I don't even know. I think I just like messaged him or something. So if do you think you could sell and, just his chat book alone or would you want to have other people's chat books and like make it a bundle? Or do you I would, give a I shit? I mean, I would I don't give a shit. I would sell his alone. I would I I love I yeah, I just want to make chat books for people. And like when I started it, I kind of put it out there as if as like a literally I'll make a chat book for anyone kind of thing, mm -hmm. but you know, I mean, I will honestly, but I would. I mean, obviously, I would prefer and love to make chat books for people that have really good writing. But I mean, I'd, I'd, I'll literally make it for anyone. I made this funny little bootleg like zine, and like cool. hand num hand numbered it. But it's like it has the person's like old name on it, so I'll just cover up that. But um, it's like an oh, essay. Wow, it's like an essay. That person's pretty called, famous um i know it. that's why i said bootleg i like i didn't have permission to make this into a zine or anything oh you didn't have permission like you created it yourself yeah i mean no one has it though i just have it like well, I, that's but I, cool i've never thought about doing that but i told people i told or i said on the internet like if people bought like if people bought like a frequent and vigorous chat book i would just put this in there for free and i said that it's a bootleg zine like i said that it, like i don't have permission to print this I've never maybe even that's, thought maybe of that's actually that. really maybe that's really against the rules and I bet in like literary cool. stuff, but but in like punk hardcore people make bootlegs of shit all the time. That's I mean that's awesome. like very normal. So that's why I did it. So maybe maybe that's a big no no actually. Maybe I shouldn't have done that. Well, I've never even heard of someone doing that. I don't even know if that's even a thing in like the literary community. Yeah. That's funny. I mean, maybe that might be like something they like like wow, someone did that for my work that's pretty cool they might think that's cool actually well i just made it because i think that's like a really really good essay you might like want to like give them a heads up though before you like send it out yeah i mean i haven't sent it to anyone and like i probably or I just probably... say like it's a free extra gift add-on and you're not making any money from it or whatever they probably yeah. will be okay with it yeah i mean i think if anything they yeah they'd be okay with it because it would just be it would just be allowing more people to read their essay and so that essay is really good so can you just like make one of these like up in a day in a few hours pretty much if i have the time for it yeah what's the process 
it's just like ordering it's just like knowing what size you want to print something knowing that whatever you want to print is going to be folded in half Mm -hmm. so designing something accordingly you know so like if you're going to make a say for instance the zine like normal size zines that i was gonna like that are the chat books they're eight and a half it's like a normal size piece of paper yeah so it's eight and a half by eight and a half by five and a half and so then you just design something on the computer in mm-hmm. those dimensions and order and you just have to like make sure the pages are in the right order that's the hardest part is making sure pages are in the right order that when you go to staple bound like when you go to make it a staple bound book mm-hmm. that you have the pages in the right order that's basically it that's the hardest part but it's pretty easy to figure out how i mean you can literally I mean, at this point, I've made so many that I like. I under I know how to order pages the right way to make mm-hmm. a zine. But you can literally go on Google or YouTube and type in like, "What what order do I need to put my pages in to make a zine?" And it will tell you. So I'll let you read one. Can you read the poem from your book about the God's playground? And then I think I'll let you go. Uh, today it was hard to breathe. Dreamt last night of God's playground, all under a massive, unidentifiable tree. Clovers covering the earth like blankets, moss infecting picnic tables like contagion, algae hovering swamps like feral angels, kudzu conquering everything vertical. It spired utility poles, faded stop signs, abandoned tree stands, broken crosses, etc., etc. Everything drowning in golden light, unfamiliar faces with infantile bodies, floating, dancing, singing in their own language, felt like heaven, what a heaven could feel like. Thank you. Now, what's the title of your book? Where can people purchase it? And then where can people follow you on Twitter? Uh, the title of the book is called What a Heaven Could Feel Like. Um you can buy it on a link off my website. It's like a PayPal link. Uh, my website is mdweekly.us. Uh, my website is also linked, or, you know, is also like in the bio of all my socials, um, like social media accounts. Um, on Twitter, you can follow me at Hip Candelori, H I P C A N D E L O R I. And on Instagram, you can follow me at md.weekly. All right, cool. Thank you for coming Sweet. on, man. Yeah, dude. Thank you so much for yeah asking oh, no me to problem. come on. It was fun.